Welcome to the KNEO Community Connection, where we keep our finger on the pulse of what's coming up in the four-state area, telling you about upcoming events you don't want to miss, organizations in our area doing great work, and conversations with the dynamic citizens who are making it all happen. I'm your host, Luke Taylor, and this is a production of KNEO Radio in Neosho, Missouri, and the Sky High Podcast Network. We have a couple of interviews that we'd like to bring you today. First, we're going to be speaking with James Haney. He's the superintendent and has been the superintendent at George Washington Carver National Monument for the past several years. But there's a change coming out there. And so we're going to tell you all about that. And then afterwards, make sure you stick around. We're going to be speaking with Jim Cummins. Uh, he's the superintendent. Uh, so another superintendent today. He's the superintendent for Neosho Schools. And he actually had a conversation with John Ball. He took John Ball and I on a tour of their new performing arts center located right out there at the Neosho High School. And so it's just finished construction. They're going to be having an open house and kind of a premiere of the center on Saturday, July 15th. And we conducted an interview with him and also got to go on a tour. Now, of course, as you're listening to this program, you're only going to be able to hear the tour. You won't be able to actually see it. But a video of the tour that he took us on is going to be posting on our Facebook page Uh, That's going to be Friday morning around 930 in the morning. We're going to be showing that to you. So um, we've got the interview here in audio form, and you can watch it in video form if you'd like to see that. That'll be tomorrow morning posted on our Facebook page, uh, Friday, July 14th. And of course, you can see it for yourself on July 15th. We're going to tell you about all that coming up. But first, we're going to be speaking with James Haney. He's the superintendent of George Washington Carver National Monument. And uh, saw some news uh, here just in the paper recently that he's going to be stepping down after 15 years of being the leader over there at GWC. And so, hey, James Heaney, thanks for joining us on the phone to talk about that today. Oh, it's a pleasure to pleasure to talk to you and your uh, your audience. Thanks for having me on. Well, you know, I, I just had a great conversation with you about Carver Day and, and I, we took our boy out there, um, had a great Great afternoon out there um, last weekend. So, yeah, it was a good time. And then so then I look in the paper and I see that that um, you're stepping down here pretty soon, but you've been there for 15 years. And so uh, we, I just thought I might give you a call and talk about that because you've been kind of a staple of the community for a while. And so t- tell us about what, what, what it was that brought you out to GWC in the first place. Well, um, at the time that the position became available, I was working as a site manager along the Selma to Montgomery Trail down in uh, Alabama. The Selma to Montgomery Trail uh, traces the route of the Voting Rights March in 1965. Mm. So I got to work with, you know, many of those civil rights veterans. It it was a very cool, uh, uh, it was a very cool job. Um, But... In 2008, there were actually several positions, uh, several superintendencies that Mm -hmm. became available uh, here in the NPS Midwest region. And I I actually applied to four parks at the same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually interviewed for another park, but they thought I would be... uh, uh, very suited for Carver as well. So they so they offered me the position. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason why is some of the partnership work that I did along the Selma to Montgomery Trail, uh, as well as partnership work in other parks that I've been at. Uh, also, coming from Selma, we did a lot of work with Tuskegee Institute. Mm. And, of course, 
your audience who's familiar with Carver know that uh, Carver spent about 47 years of his life at Tuskegee. Hmm. So I knew the Carver story pretty well and, of course, built on that knowledge since I've been working here. Yeah, well, and one thing I'd seen in the write-up in the paper is that um, most park like superintendents, they usually stay for about three to five years, but uh, you've been at GWC for quite a bit longer than that. Yes, I have. Uh, almost 15 years. It would have been 15 years in December. Mm-hmm. And really, that kind of varies. A lot of the superintendents I've worked for, yeah, they, they're usually superintendents for about three to five years. Um, but that can vary. I've known some superintendents who've been at parks for 25 years. I've known some that left after a year. You know, mm-hmm. it really varies on the park and the individual. Yeah. Well, so what was it about George Washington Carver National Monument that made you want to stick around for so long? Uh, certainly the Carver story. I mean, it's it, it, it's incredibly inspiring. Mm-hmm. It's a very um, inspiring story. It's also a very complex story. I mean, when we're introduced to Carver as a kid, you know, we're told a very... Um, somewhat simplistic view of Carver as the, you know, wise and affable peanut man who (laughs) came up with all these great uses for the peanut and everything. Yeah. But when you um, explore Carver as an adult, you really get a sense of how complex his life really was and how admirable his work was and um, it's just amazing what the man accomplished, especially considering uh, all the obstacles, the racism of the time period. But uh, uh, Carver's story is a great one. This is a man who really dedicated his life to alleviating poverty. Hmm. So I was definitely drawn to the Carver story. I had worked in Missouri before, years ago, at Ulysses S. Grant National Historic Site in St. Louis. So I enjoyed my time in Missouri the first time around and, Mm -hmm. you know, had no trouble convincing myself to move back. It's a wonderful state. People are so uh, incredibly proud of their history here. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, and now you've been a part of that history for a while here, and... um uh, yeah, and there was something I was wanted to ask you about as you were talking because you you mentioned this acronym earlier, uh, NPS. So is that National Park Society? What what does that stand for? Oh, that's National Park Service. National Park Service. Okay, and and so yeah, it's the agency within the government uh, within the uh, U.S. Uh, Department of the Interior, uh-huh. and we oversee over four hundred national parks in our country. Okay. And these are all areas of nationally, sometimes internationally, uh, significant natural resources and historical resources. Okay. So some other national parks that are very well known, of course, are Yellowstone, the Grand mm. Canyon. Um, the National Mall is a national park site. Uh, but there's also some lesser-known national parks. I've worked in quite a few of them. Um, Fort Scott National Historic Site over in Fort Scott. Uh, Pea Ridge National Battlefield in Arkansas. Uh, and, of course, little old George Washington Carver in Diamond. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, these yeah, are all definitely. national parks. Well, it, I was confused because um, since it's called National Monument, I didn't know if it was a park. Also, is it did, did that change in the past few years, or is it still has it is it always been the same classification? Uh, the classification's been the same, uh, but we are you know officially a unit of the National Park Service. Okay. Awesome. Well, we've been we've been speaking today with James Heaney, so he's going to be retiring after 15 years of service right here to our local community. And um, so he's a name that you you probably recognize if you follow what's going on at George Washington Carver National Monument and all the all the great things that they do throughout the year. And James has been a part of that for for quite a while. And so um, we're just we're grateful we have had his time and, and been able to speak to him. And, and what's next for you, sir? Are you going to still live in this area or do you think you're going to be moving away? You know, I really like it here. I mean, th- this area is incredible. It's it, first of all, it's beautiful. I love the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to take advantage of seeing, totally exploring this region uh, for the next couple of years. Um, my longer range goal would probably be to move back to the East Coast because mm-hmm. um, that's where I'm from. I'm from Pennsylvania. But for now, I'm perfectly happy staying here. My wife enjoys it here, too. And, you know, there's so much to do, and there's an incredible community support here, Mm. not just for national parks, but also for other nonprofits. This is a very charitable, very giving area. Mm -hmm. So, so, So we enjoy settling down here for a little bit, maybe eventually moving back to the East Coast. I'm not going to say when, maybe five years, ten years, maybe not at all. Hmm. But uh, I'm just going to really enjoy my time here. Well, yeah, you just get the freedom now to take your time and decide what you want to do. And um, but hey, we're exactly. Going- I'll probably see more national parks uh, <laughs> being retired than I have mm. <laughs> working. Yeah, you know, I, it's also a chance to explore the country a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that would that would be a great thing to do, and. Um, uh, you know, one th- more thing I'll say is that we just appreciate how well the the National Monument, the park out there, has been maintained because um, I, I've been to, going to GWC regularly since I was a kid. You know, we'd go for – I grew up in the area, so we'd go for field trips and all that. And so it's always really been a part of my life. And one thing I really appreciate now going out there as an adult and taking our little one is just how everything's so well maintained. It's all clean. There's new – you know, it's it's being updated and, and kept up to date. And so I'm sure you've been a part of that too. And so, hey, we just we just think Thank you for your service out there, sir. Well, 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 well thank you. It's, you know, it, it's great hearing this. Yeah, I agree. It's a very well-preserved park. It's very well run. And, and I'm very proud of the work that, you know, me and my team members here have done uh, over the last 14 years. Uh, I'm glad you came out to Carver Day. I think we've seen a great increase in special events over the years. We've had some infrastructure improvements, a new picnic area. Um, we've also restored the Carver Cemetery wall, which was a fantastic um, uh, uh, project of historic preservation. Mm-hmm. So I'm really proud of the work that we've done here. And I want to thank the staff for their hard work and also thank the community for supporting us. Mm. 
Yeah, well, um, you know, as as I said, as an adult now, I, I realize that those things don't just keep looking that good. Um, that doesn't just happen on its own, but it does come through a lot of hard work to maintain it all. So, um, again, we've been speaking to James Heaney. He's retiring from George Washington Carver National Monument as their superintendent for the past 15 years, nearly 15 years. But, uh, hey, sir, thanks again for your time today. Hey, thank you, Luke, and thank you, everybody. Again, don't go anywhere. We have another conversation for you today. John Ball is going to be speaking with Jim Cummins. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to bring that to you after that. For 60 years, Crowder College has been empowering students to soar to new heights. From agriculture to education, to business, sports, and the newest technologies, Crowder always has something interesting going on. I'm Adam Winkler of KNEO Radio. Join me each week as I talk to a different person from Crowder College about what's been happening and what's coming up next. It's the Insider's Guide to All Things Crowder. Subscribe today to the This Week in Crowder College podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network. Welcome to the Neosho School District's Performing Arts Center. I'm John Ball with KNEO, and I have Dr. Jim Cummings with me. Dr. Cummings, this thing has been going on for a long time. We now have a big building for people to come in on Saturday and see, don't we? It is very exciting. Yes, it, it has seemed like a long time. Uh, the issue passed in 2020, and here we are, mid-2023. So it's been a little while, but... Um, the uh, results are outstanding. Oh, they absolutely are. Statistics say this is the biggest performing arts center in southwest Missouri. Is that right? It, it is comparable to to any in the area. Uh, we, we would be somewhere, I think, to uh, Juanita K. Hammonds in Springfield. Um, I think it's Taylor in, in, at Missouri Southern and then the Picknell Center in Pittsburgh. Uh, we would be com- comparative to those. How many seats do we have here? Uh, we have uh, 1,480 some permanent seats and we have the ability to go up to 1,500. Uh, it's safe to say this is probably certainly the biggest area for people to gather in the Osho. Yes, absolutely. And we're going to have a ribbon cutting on Saturday, right? We are. Yes, uh, Saturday morning we will have the ribbon cutting and then Saturday afternoon we will have performances of um, some various artists. A couple of Neosho alums will be performing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, that should be really exciting. Kind of give us a timeline going through everything that's happened. I know we really wanted to get it done before school was out. I know we really wanted the, our senior class to be able to enjoy it a little bit. That didn't exactly happen, but we're sure there now, aren't we? We are. And, and it was nice. Uh, the band and choir were both able to have nights in here. Um, Mr. Kelso came back and led an alumni a band uh, in a song. And so it was good to see him, good to have some of our band um, alumni back. And, and it, was a, it was a great night opening it up. Um, and letting those seniors get to be in here before they went home. And then Project Graduation used it. We used it on the last day of um, a staff being on campus, sent them home for the summer, and it just had a different feel this year, being able to be in here and uh, recognizing the work of the staff. And it just it was a great feeling. 
There's so many things that have happened to the Neosho School District, thanks largely to the patrons and their desire to be forward-thinking and have that same vision that you had that is really making Neosho School District to stand out among schools. Absolutely. Um, we're we're going to have um, recognition out here in the lobby, and we had a plaque made that just says patrons of Neosho School District. Uh, because we should honor them as well. They're the ones that, that have made this happen, made um, all of the improvements happen, and then reaffirmed, I guess, their confidence with the uh, 23 issue that's going to allow us to do uh, several more things, including the ag facility. You know, that is absolutely right. When patrons vote, and this is the old politician in me, when patrons vote, it doesn't matter what the program is, it doesn't matter how important it is, they're voting on their confidence of the leadership, and that's exactly what the patrons of Neosho and Neosho School District, which encompasses Neosho and a part of Newton mm -hmm. County, have, mm -hmm. have said, and they're ready to do that, and before it's over with, we're going to have a state-of-the-art FFA facility, aren't we? We are. We are, and we, we, I think it's just um, the board has been very committed from, from the beginning of the projects um, to do exactly what we said we would do, and it became a little bit of a challenge when we had passed the issue in 2020. We had, you know, speculated on costs as far back as into 2019. And then here we are finishing the project in 2023, uh, post-COVID, price escalation, all of that. But the board stuck to, uh, we're going to do what we said we were going to do, and we've had to, to make some sacrifices with reserves and, and various ways, some fundraising. Uh, to make it exactly what we said we would do. And I'm sure that every person to a T is going to be so proud of having this facility out here. It's something to look at. And the very first question was, and we pulled in a while ago, what about Senior Hill? It's still there. It's still intact. My granddaughter, who graduated this year, got to put her name up on Senior Hill. That was asked often, and it was made clear from the beginning that whatever modifications we did, we still wanted to be able to paint it, and um, students did. Jim, the planning for this facility took a lot of time and effort in order for it to be really flexible. Can we talk about that for a minute? If we had a group come in and there's an orchestra, or there was some sort of a Broadway play coming in, they had their own orchestra, what do we do? Sure. Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, we, we had quite a bit of community input that um, really wanted us to be able to be uh, able to host those type of shows. People that had orchestras, people that had sets that, that required uh, a higher fly loft. And so what we did was uh, the fly loft is about 48 feet. Um, we were told by theatrical consultants that that would be appropriate for about 50% of all traveling shows, uh, Broadway type shows. Um, so we could get significant shows here. And then this is our orchestra pit that will be covered most of the time. 
Uh, however, if we have um, an event, either a school play, maybe a musical, they have an orchestra or um, group coming in, then all of this can be taken off and, and we have a traditional orchestra pit here. And um, the Slinkard family uh, were kind enough to make a nice donation um, in the naming of the orchestra pit and that, that helped us. You know, one of the things that we've found out is when there's a need, the people of the Neosho and surrounding area come in and they're very, very generous, aren't they? Absolutely, yes. Well, Jim, the actual production of what's going on is, is downstairs, but this is the light area, right? Correct. Yeah, the sound booth is down kind of in the middle area, and then this is where all of the lighting is handled. Um, they, they had uh, one of the gentlemen here that, that installed it. Uh, we were in here and they were playing with it and it can do all kinds of things. <laughs> I see. Now tell me about who do we get to run this equipment? Yeah, so, so we've had one training. Uh, we will have another one. And I would suspect over time we will continue to try to get community people and staff members that want to work after hours trained up on how to run this equipment. Uh, so that when we have people rent the facility that don't bring their own professional technical people that we will be able to provide people um, that they can they'll basically rent the facility and rent that person so that they we can make sure that we're taking care of the equipment and the things that the community has purchased and at the same time um, allowing other entities to use the facility um, and it gives people that enjoy this type of work an opportunity to earn a little extra money. Well, Dr. Cummings, thank you so much for spending time with us. But before we go away, one more time, tell us when it's going to be Saturday, where and what time? Yes, Saturday morning at 11. Uh, we, will, we will do the ribbon cutting. We'll have uh, uh, Mrs. Baker from Freeman will speak, uh, Branco and SAP Architect will have uh, speakers here. So it'll be a relatively short ceremony, but we'll have a few speakers, then we'll cut the ribbon and uh, we'll take a little break, get the stage set up uh, for our first performance. That'll be around noon. We'll have a dance company uh, followed by uh, three musical acts that will perform for about an hour each. Okay, so you can come out, see the ceremony, and then get some entertainment. And get some entertainment. We, right. we, we hope that the community uh, will come out and see what they help build. All right, thank you so much for spending okay. time with us. Well, again, you can actually see the center for yourself. A couple opportunities to do that. As they said, July 15th, this Saturday, uh, if you listen to this in time, you'll be able to, to go visit it for yourself at their open house event. That's at 11 a.m. on Saturday. But then, uh, also, depending on when you hear this, you might, it might already be there, but July 14th, we're going to be posting a video of that tour that we just talked to you about, a, sh a little bit shorter than that whole interview, but there will be a, a video form of the tour that Jim Cummins gave us, and so you can watch it right from your phone or computer if you're connected to our Facebook page. Look for Facebook and, uh, and type in KNEO Radio. It should pull us right up, and you can learn all about it right there as well. So, hey, thanks for listening to this week's edition of the KNEO Community Connection. Tune back in next week for some more great conversations.